0: Welcome to the Leaders of Lasting Impact podcast. My name is Matt Pohl, founder of The Rewild Group. We believe that as a fundamental part of the human experience, that work is not only essential, it's valuable, that work matters. That's why we're on a mission to multiply the number of exceptional businesses globally. We want business owners and their employees to thrive at work. Thanks for joining us for another episode where we discuss stories of how leaders are having a lasting impact on small and mid-sized businesses. Welcome to the Leaders of Lasting Impact podcast. I'm Matt Pohl, your host, and I'm pleased today to introduce Thomas Rosenberg, who's our guest today. Uh, Thomas is the founder and principal of Regenerate regenerate Consulting. So yeah, Thomas, glad to have you on board here today.
1: Pleasure to be here, Matt.
0: Yeah, well, uh, we know you're passionate about helping leaders of small, mid-sized businesses. And, you know, that's really what the Rewild Group is about. And so we wanted to have you on today to hear your story and and kind of tell us about uh, uh, things you're doing in that space. And maybe we should start off with just a little bit of background
1: about yourself, you know, kind of your journey here. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, I feel like many coaches have had a, a circuitous route to (laughs) answering the call to coaching and mine was certainly circuitous. You know, I, I grew up always passionate about helping or guiding other people towards growth and transformation. Okay. And yet in my family, I didn't feel like that would gain approval as a male for a career path. And, um, But instinctively, all the way through, you know, looking back at this point, I see that there was a through line across my 25 plus year career, which is really helping organizations, individuals, and communities get comfortable with change, lead through change, and flourish. Okay. Um, And, you know, coaching, as I mentioned before, wasn't the primary focus of all that work but it was a you know ancillary part of it and I had a near-fatal bicycle accident in 2014 with a a, a brain injury frankly um, a traumatic brain injury and that um, you know with broken bones as well but it was a traumatic brain injury that really forced me to reassess like, what am I doing what am I capable of doing and why I'm what am I doing with the rest of my life? Energy, and uh, it took me two and a half years to trust my brain again. And from there, it was very clear for me that coaching was going to be my full-time role. And so I began uh, with a certification in new, uh, in integral coaching with New Ventures West here in San Francisco uh, as an integral coach, and I received that in 2017. Okay. So uh, looking back, do you see
0: that uh, event is kind of pivotal in taking you from what had been the earlier season in your business career to now
1: where you're pursuing the coaching and advising on a full-time basis? Yes. Yes. I mean, it was really, I was much more focused on the technical side and helping people with strategy around technical aspects, primarily focused on environmental initiatives. Okay. But you know, I worked in 20 countries on five continents as a subject matter expert in that. However, yeah. all the way along, I was inserting myself into, oh well, you know, now that I've been hand selected to run this initiative inside this organization, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, you know, a quality person or I'm a material scientist or I'm great with this, but I have no idea how to talk to them over there. And So I was just like, okay, you have to get comfortable in this new skin while you help your organization transform. And Mm -hmm. so I was instinctively going for those pieces. But it was really after the accident that I just said, why am I wasting my time backing myself into somebody else's box, somebody else's expectations? Right, right.
0: And so how long, how many years now has it been since you've really been pursuing the coaching side of- of your career? Six and a half. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, you know, but in full-time, I'll say that. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I yes. know that can be a, not yes. a clear delineation, right? Right. Yes. But yeah, being full-time in coaching, it's been approximately six and a half years.
0: Okay. Um, when you look at your customers, your clients mm-hmm. and, um, could you explain a little bit on kind of the size of businesses that you work with? Uh, are there certain industries that you focus on, maybe mm-hmm. geographic focus?
1: Sure. So what I have found, I mean, I've worked with, obviously, the, this is my sweet spot. So I've worked with folks on either side, but it seems to be in the mid-market mid company, 200 to 2,000 employee size. Okay. You know, I've had clients that own a 26 person shop. Okay. right? I've had folks that work in an organization that now has closer to 5000 employees. Um but when we started they were exploding in size and you know they were around 2400, right? Okay. So it's just you know it it just um what I have found and the reason why I I I am finding that is that below say, 100, 150 employees, there isn't necessarily the willingness to invest in coaching for individuals or to reassess their culture. And when they start getting to a certain size, around 200, they're just like 250. It's like, oh, okay, if this is going to work and we're going to grow the way we want to grow, we have to invest in the culture to make sure that basically it becomes scalable but also that people aren't churned in the process because frankly turnover staff turnover burnout costs a lot more money than most people realize yeah
0: no that's that's, a, that's an interesting point um are would you say you go across many industries or are there are a few industries where you have some
1: concentration of clients well i feel like my so, geographically, because you were pointing to that too, the pandemic expanded me beyond just the Bay Area. Okay. And prior to that, though, because of who's here in the Bay Area, I was, you know, my, my clients seemed to have uh, fallen mostly into three buckets. Okay. And I would just, no surprise, tech, biotech, and the uh, broadly lumped together environment renewable energy clean tech space just right and so that's just like well there's a lot of that here in the bay area and (laughs) so it's (laughs) um right but you know i'm i'm really i'm relatively agnostic when it comes to to industries as long as there's values alignment i'm open to working with anyone okay great
0: um when you are Initially interact, interacting with a client, is there mm-hmm. a common theme about the challenges they're facing that help you see that, okay, this could be a, a good fit for the value I deliver? Mm.
1: So a lot of people, sometimes it can be a a, a a precipitous event, for example, a decadal birthday, and they're just like, wow, okay, I just hit this number, Okay, 40. 50. It's like yeah, it has a zero in it. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, and you're just like, what am I really doing? Right. Is this am I living the life that I expected that I wanted? Right. And so sometimes it can be like, is this feel right to me? Mm-hmm. Um And if it doesn't, what am I possible? What's the what are my options? So there's that. Then there are also folks who are coming to me with or they're pointed to me by other people within the organization, perhaps their boss or HR or what have you. And it's around we hired this person. They're not integrating Mm. or he, she, they can't lead a team like Mm. they've been in this role. They're supposed to be leading for two years. And there are complaints all over the place from every level saying that this person sucks as the leader. Okay. Right. You know, so, um, but it's also like the, those are the primary, you know, questions. It's like, you know, challenges, delegating, cultivating trust, the team building, that sort of thing. But, you know, the psychographics of the people who work I work best with are those who are willing to do deep inner work who are curious, collaborative, and passionate about helping others grow, mm-hmm. because I'm going to be asking that of them. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: And it sounds like you're working with senior leadership as well as down
1: into the ranks a little bit? It, yes. I. Because of that 200 to 2,000 employee size, yeah. right? Sometimes like they don't use VP, they use director. Okay. Right? And so I just say director of the C-suite. Okay, that makes sense. you know, so that way it's really easy and you know, so yeah, okay. Now, uh, when you're actually
0: delivering your coaching mm-hmm. uh, engagement, uh, are you pulling from your own created resources, from things you've curated from others, you know, kind of wisdom that you gain from others? you know what what kind of methodology or content mm-hmm. are you?
1: are you bringing to the table? So my, I mean, I have, I bring a, I blend a lot in my coaching and the two primary pillars in my coaching are one, my integral coaching training from New Ventures West, which was my foundational um, training back in 2016, 2017. And, but also more recently, during, well, during that training, I learned about somatic coaching, which is really working through the body on the body with the body. Hmm. And that is how, and since I took that certification program, uh, which I finished about 18 months ago, that is how I coach. So I am somatic coaching holds that we are what we practice. So how you sit, how you walk, how you talk, breathe, uh, stand, the language you use with yourself, with others, that Mm -hmm. shapes your body, which in turn shapes your experience of the world and shapes how others experience you. Mm -hmm. We learn through the body. So think reading, writing, walking, talking, driving a car, riding a bike, you know, when you first learned how to drive a car, you're just like, okay, there's a gear shift, and there's a pedal, and then there's another pedal, and then there's a what indicator, and how do I handle all this? And then there's merging traffic, and you're just like, Oh my god, and now you can talk on the phone, eat a sandwich, change the station on the radio, right? Because you're it's embodied, right? And and so you know, not to say you should be distracted, but it's 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 really just saying this is like I, I've embodied this because of the reps in my, I've mastered this. It takes 300 reps of something new to create a habit, 3,000 to embody it, 10,000 for mastery. And rather than talking, for example, about a time you got frustrated,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: want to see the shape, for instance, Of what it looks like in you being frustrated. You know, you're having a difficult conversation and you start like, okay, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Like, well, this is, I'm like, no, I wanna see it in the body, right? And I was talking with a friend recently about how he struggles with certain relationships in his life because they expect him to just be this receptacle. Just like, let me just offload all of my emotional woes onto you because that's how you've shown up all my life. Right, right. And and he just felt so burdened by that. Right. And so, you know, and he you can feel the tension, right? And you can see the tension in my shoulders.
0: Right, right. Right.
1: And it's just like, okay, how can you come back to center, soften that, open, connect to yourself and perhaps find a way to create a clear boundary for yourself so that maybe there's the possibility of creating a reciprocation in that relationship. Right. Right. And so that's what I'm really helping folks do.
0: Okay. That's very intriguing. Uh, So those two certifications that sound like have really play a foundational role in in, in your approach then. Yes. Okay, Cool. um, I'd be curious if you could tell me a story, you mm-hmm. know, obviously you keep it confidential, but, yep. um, of a client, you know, where you've, you've helped them really make some real progress some lasting progress, uh, you know, maybe a, a smaller mid-sized business leader or,
1: uh, somebody inside one of those organizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So I, I have someone, uh, that I worked with, um, towards the tail end of the pandemic. And, you know, really what he was struggling with was trusting himself. That's really what it boiled down to. Okay. Uh, He he struggled without trusting himself. He was unable to really fully step into the role that he was asking or he was asked to. And so the manifestation of that was challenging, uh, challenges with delegation, with team building, with cultivating trust with and between his direct reports. Okay. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, I, I sort of uh, alluded to him earlier, but there were all of these complaints about his perceived lack of leadership, okay. He was known as this absolutely stellar individual contributor because single-handedly, he had been responsible for the bulk of the biotech firm's IP in a particular area. And yet he was the only non-PhD in the R&D department. So he felt inadequate. Mm. And he also felt he had to do everything possible so nothing fell through the cracks. Mm. And so he was spending a lot of time The the metaphor I gave him when we started working was, you're a fire juggler. Your team is surrounding you. You're sitting there juggling all of these batons, but you're not handing them off. Hmm. And so you wonder why you're feeling burnt out, why they're not supporting you, because you're not letting them. You're losing sleep and you're feeling anxiety and more stress. So, excuse me. So we... Started working together. We created these customized ref- uh, reflection questions. Uh, we added somatic practices. And we really transformed how he's approaching life and leadership. Um, and we gave him back hours a week. We were able to deepen his relationship with his team and with senior executives. We created a foundation where he was able to... Um, Really strengthened the, org, the company's position both internally and externally. And he started to see how his habitual patterns actually were inhibiting him from achieving his goals. Mm. Um, and he finally admitted to himself that he was unconsciously attached to some of these, role, these individual or contributor role responsibilities right because he's no longer doing the research he's no longer setting up the the the, um the processes for cultivating certain either you know vaccines or or biotech processes and it's like that's not your role right now right your role is to support the people who are going to do that for you right right? and (laughs) you know it it, I typically work with my clients for a year. Okay. And on an individual basis. And he, you know, it was right around the nine month mark where there was this aha moment for him. For the first eight or so months, he was really focused on his team. <laughs> and he started to realize, oh, I'm not giving myself enough space, but I'm working really hard to make sure that my people have. They feel listened to. They have space to grow. They feel like they can come to me, right? Because he had to demonstrate his trust in them before they were going to trust him. Right. And that was really challenging for him. But there was this aha moment. And he's like, oh, like now I am feeling confident in being able to hold space for others. And he also recognized that In order for the company to achieve its goals of expansion, that his wealth of knowledge needed to be not only infused or defused throughout the R&D department, but across onto the commercialization side of the organization as well. Mm -hmm. And as he deepened in his trust for his ability to be that person to say, okay, look, from a strategic perspective, rather than, well, this is how this process has to work. Right. Right. And So if his boss who hired me said, well, at the eight and a half month mark, if you asked people what they thought of him, they were still very doubtful that, you know, he was going to ever be promoted and perhaps even be demoted back to more of an individual role. But at around the 10 month mark, if you asked him, the senior leadership team was saying, wow, this guy is on fire and we can trust him and he recognizes how this is going to help us strategically hmm. so he was able to shift from struggling to maintain a team of 6 to having more than 18 on his team okay and he was seen as trustworthy you know and when i checked in with him last he was going gangbusters um they had he had over 26 people under him wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he felt really solid. wow,
0: that's amazing
1: yeah that's that's great
0: you know we um you know there's uh, uh the Rewild group really focuses more on the uh I call the structures within the organization, less on the individuals mm-hmm. and it's really two parts of that right you need you need healthy and solid structures, but you need healthy and solid people
1: as well. Right. Yeah. I I feel like if the individuals thrive, the organization is going to thrive. And, you know, when people feel heard, seen and accepted, they can soften. Right. If you're walking through the, you know, and I come into a room and I'm like, brainstorm, you're like okay, I can't really brainstorm from this position, right? I have to let go of my (laughs) fists. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and, but if I just, I'm like, oh, like, okay, we can sit down, we can have a conversation, we can see where this goes, but I have to feel like I'm being heard, I'm being seen and I'm accepted for who I am and what I'm bringing. Right. And the leader, in my opinion, needs to model that so that you can request it of somebody else. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hmm. That's good. Um, As you've, you know, over this past six plus years uh, doing coaching, uh, would there be maybe a a word of advice that you might Mm. be willing to share? Maybe it starts at the CEO level, the owner level that Mm -hmm. either needs, could use some help or has people underneath of them that might need help. You know, maybe, maybe there's a word of advice you could give them.
1: Well, I feel like you know I I I, I kind of just said it. Um, mm-hmm. For me, leadership is a way of being. It's how you walk through the world. It's about congruence between your words and your actions. Right. And so, if you want people to step up, you need to step up. Mm-hmm. And so, in other words, be the change. To to quote Gandhi be the change that you want to see yeah that means embody the change and when people see that congruence because in so many situations that i have seen like it's like well those are our values but we don't act that way right right so if there's congruence between your words and actions then people are going to be much more willing to say okay, this is what the organization stands for. This is what this person stands for. Mm-hmm. This is how I align with that. And this is what I am comfortable stepping up to do. Right. And then they're going to really feel a lot more invested in the organization. Mm-hmm. And they're going to show up in a very different way. Right. And that that leads to
0: the positive impact on, the organization, the right, the bottom line
1: eventually. So well, well, fewer sick days, less staff turnover, better team morale, higher productivity. Um, and when you trust, when you combine trust and collaboration, and someone can relax, then creativity can rise to the surface. When you have that and you add vision, you've got innovation which is the top line. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, I mean it's both, you know, and so I feel like that's really where where people miss. Right. Okay. That's great, Thomas. Um
0: you know, if if someone in our audience says, "Hey, this this resonates with me, uh, mm-hmm. either myself or someone within the organization could could really use some coaching to really get them to where they they could be, but there's mm-hmm something that's holding them back, uh, what would be the best way for them to reach you, get in contact with you? Mm.
1: Thank you for that question, Matt. The simplest way is to go to my website, which is regenerate.coach. And right above the fold, there's a little button that says explore possibilities. Click on that and you will go to my scheduling link and we'll find the time to chat, uh, hopefully within the next
0: week or two. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Well that's great and again to reach Thomas uh, you can go to regenerate.coach and there's a button there that you can click and that will get to his calendar for you to schedule a time so thanks again Thomas it's uh, great to have you as a guest we know I know you're passionate about helping business and the in, the individuals within businesses reach their full potential and that's what we're about as well uh, so I want to thank you for being our guest and I want to thank our audience for Leaders of Lasting Impact. And uh, we just hope that you've gotten something tangible out of this uh, this episode and will join us for future episodes. Thank you. Thank you. Matt Pohl here. Thank you for watching this episode of Leaders of Lasting Impact. If you're a successful business advisor, I encourage you to go to leaders.rewildgroup.com, where you can learn how to be a guest on our show. If you enjoy the episode, please share on social media. You can also tag people that you think might be a good guest for our show. Just be sure to use hashtag leaders of lasting impact so we can see your comments and suggestions. We release episodes on a regular basis, so be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Finally, we really appreciate your ratings and reviews. Those go a long way with promoting our podcast. It really means a lot to me and our team. Learn more about the Rewild Group at rewildgroup.com or you can follow us on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.